all right good evening thank you all for tuning in let's go ahead and get started um i have an announcement that some of y'all gonna be like really <laughs> but just come i'm just i want to just play this right now because i always play the music so that way when the music is playing it gives y'all an opportunity to get your bible to get your notepads your pens and so and then I'm going to pray and then I'm going to go forward. I know somebody said, oh, she thinks she cute. I am. <laughs> So, Lord God, I thank you for another opportunity to come to your people, giving them the word of God. Lord God, I thank you for allowing me to teach once again God's design for building your marriage. Lord, I, because it's not about us, it's not about them, but it's about you and you getting the glory out of our story. And Lord God, the reason why um, this needs to be done, because you know that in this society, in this life of today, of 2021, Marriages are hard. They are really struggling. And there are so many women who desire to um, have a, a healthy marriage, um, a strengthened marriage. And so, God, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for grace and mercy. I thank you for love. I thank you for another opportunity just to come to your people and encourage their hearts. So, Lord God, I ask you, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy fellow Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord God, I thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. I thank you for being Jehovah Nisi. I thank you for being our banner, Lord God. You said in your word, the word says in Philippians 4 and 13, it says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And on the next few weeks, Lord God, we need to be strengthened. Our hearts need to be strengthened. Our minds need to be strengthened. Our minds, our bodies, and our spirit needs to be strengthened, Lord God. And this word, speaks, this song speaks for itself. Won't he do it? And that's the key. Because we believe that you can do it. We believe that you can turn it around. We believe that you will have your way in, in all of our marriages. And for those who desire to be married, once again, they desire to be married again. So let them understand that they need to get themselves together and allow you to do the rest. Now unto him that is... Now unto him that is able and exceedingly above all that we ever ask or think by the power that continues to work in us. Ephesians 3 and 20. Well, Lord God, we thank you, we bless you, and we love you on today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Won't he do it? So I'm going to move from here, and I'm going to go ahead and get started. And this is not going to be an hour today. Because I'm going to give instructions for what's to come and for this weekend. Today is Thursday, and you would have work for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Amen. Well, not Sunday. Let's just Friday today, Friday, and Saturday. Amen. And so, let me tell you what's happening. And I know some of you are like, why is this not life? 
because Philippians chapter 2, starting at the 12th verse, just this one verse. Um, well, let me just, let me, let me read all the way down to 18. So let me just read Philippians chapter 2, 12 through 18. And it reads, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to do to will and to do of his good pleasures. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Now, Paul was talking about work out your own salvation. Means that the entire church was to work together to rid themselves of divisions and discord. The Philippian Christians needed to be especially careful to obey Christ. And now that Paul wasn't there to continually remind them about what was right, we too must be careful about how we believe and live, especially when we are on our own. In the absence of cherished Christian leaders, we must focus our attention and devotion even more on Christ so that we won't be sidetracked. God has not left us alone in our struggles to do his will. He wants to come alongside us and within us to help. He helps us to want to obey him and then give us the power to do it. The secret to a changed life is to submit to his control and let him work. Amen. So to be, to be like Christ, we must condition ourselves to think like Christ, to change our desires to be more like Christ. We need the power of the indwelling spirit. The influence of faithful Christians, obedience to God's word, not just exposure to it, and sacrificial service. Often it is in doing God's will that we gain the desire for it. Amen? So, why are we complaining and arguing? Why are we, why are we murmuring and disputing so harmful? It, if all that people know about a church is that its members constantly argue, complain, and gossip, they get a false impression of Christ's gospel. Belief in Christ should unite those who trust him. If our church is always complaining and arguing, it lacks the unifying power of Jesus Christ. Stop arguing with other Christians while complaining about people and conditions within the church and let the world see Christ. Our lives should be characterized by moral purity patience and peacefulness so that we will shine as lights in a crooked and perverse world a transformed life is an effective witness to the power of god's word is your light shining bright or is it clouded by complaints and arguing be a clean radiant light shining out for god even if it had to die Paul was content knowing he had helped the Philippians live for Christ. When you're totally committed to serving Christ, sacrifice for the faith of others is a joyous, is a joyous reward. Amen. So I said all of that to say this. In these teachings concerning God's, God's design for building your marriage um, by Kay Daigle, as I have stated 
um, the first day that this happened. Um, I, you are actually watching a pre-recorded live. Yes. I know some of you are like, is she not live? How is she doing this? Because I am going on vacation today. And so I didn't want to um, mention it before because I wanted to see how this was going to play out. And of course, it played out as we would be on the road. And by the time I get to my hotel and get unpacked, I'm probably going to miss um, miss the live and I wanted to stay consistent and I wanted to make sure that we didn't skip a beat and so the reason why I read Philippians 2 chapter 12 through 18 was to get you to understand that Paul was letting the, the Philippians know that they are to continue to stay on the path with Christ um, in everything that they do and they had to work out their own salvation whether he was in front of them or whether he was away from them. And we have to learn how to continue to stay at the cross. We have to continue to do the work. We have to continue to do it without murmuring and complaining. Um, and, I, and I just read um, with some good points that speaks to that. Because you may not see me on live. But the homework that I'm going to give you for today, for Friday, and for Saturday, um, I want you to continue to do it. Because when I come back on Monday... We will go ahead into lesson two. So I wanted to make sure that we can get lesson one done. So I will read you the questions. You will write these questions down. Um, and you, you, your, your homework was to read Ruth chapter one through 18. So as I read you these questions, I want you to, you know, get your notepads, get your pencils. And I want you to watch this until the end. This is just giving you some instructions for, for tonight. For Friday, well, yeah, for tonight, for Friday, and for Saturday. Amen. So I want you, even though I'm not interacting with you, but as you're watching this, I want you to try to obey what is given to you so that you will learn um, and you will grow and you will apply what is given to you. Amen. And so we're, we're finishing up. Lesson one on today, and I'm going to read these questions to you. Now, um, Ruth. Now we was we was to read Ruth, chapter one, verses one through eighteen, and the what the um, these questions, and I'm going to read these questions. So, um, and because this is, of course, you can always go back and um, reread these. Okay, so if you forget it, you can always you know go back and reread it. So, um, the sixth question is. Why is Ruth willing to leave her home? Think of the difficulty of travel and communication at this time. Put yourself in her place. How committed is she to Naomi? The second question. Ruth clearly embodies the sense of clinging to someone in affection and loyalty that we saw in the definition of cleave. List the ways she says she will cling to Naomi. Oneness involves the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of your life. If you are to be one with your husband, it involves all these areas. The truth is that building this type of intimacy is a lifelong task. It takes time and attention to have oneness in your marriage relationship. We will take this up again in a later lesson on intimacy. Just realize that there can be no true unity unless both parties are believers. A latter lesson will deal with the unbelieving or disobedient husband. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I also wanted to remind you that you have lesson one, the wisdom from the word, which is Genesis 2 and 24. And you are to memorize that scripture, Genesis 2 and 24. Memorize it until it is in your heart. Amen. Um, you will read. Um, you will read for your homework um, for Friday. So tonight you will be reading 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. Amen. And I will also try to put this in the comments. I'll put this somewhere just in case you miss it. But you want to read homework, read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. Amen. So let me put that in my notes. All right. The next question. What reasons are given here not to marry unbelievers or be bound with them in any, un any union? I'm going to read that question again. What reasons are given here not to marry unbelievers or be bound with them in any union? That's 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. I want you to study those scriptures. I want you to look it, I want you not just to look for it in the King James Version, but I want you to read it in the Amplified Version and read it in the New English Translation Version. Listen, in any marriage we may, I'm sorry. In my marriage, we had many differences in background and in perspectives on issues. However, over the years, I have seen us grow in oneness in all areas, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I think the key for us was truly living and cleaving. That forced us to depend upon one another and learn to communicate and discuss our differences of opinion. Oneness is a process. That can never occur without following the principle of leaving and cleaving. When building your marriage with God's design, let's take the principle of oneness and apply it to your life today. Exactly where you live. Failure to implement oneness in marriage can lead to major problems. Please meditate carefully upon your response to these questions. Review the words of Ruth. And Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, married women. How well? This, this question here is for married women, and then she has a question for the single women. So how well have you left your home and joined to your husband, according to Ruth's example? Go phrase by phrase through these verses and write down in the first person your response. I have given you the first phrase as an example. Now this is to the single women. Go phrase by phrase and express your willingness to respond to your future husband in this way. Where will you go? Where you go, I will go. I am or I am not willing to follow my husband wherever he goes. To whatever city or place, no matter how far from my family home, and you must say it with a good attitude. So you must ask yourself, I am or I am not willing to follow my husband wherever he goes. So you have to ask yourself that questions, married women and single women. Are you willing to go where your husband goes? Or are you not willing 
to go where your husband goes. When I started this, I said you must be honest with your answers. And then if you if you say why you're not willing, then write it down. Why are you not willing to follow your husband? Give some reasons why you feel you don't want to go where your husband goes. If you are that woman that will go where their husband goes, then write down some good points why you would. And if you don't want, then if you're not willing to do that, then write down the bad points why you would not go. Amen. So, K, K, remember, K has written this book. This is a study that we're doing. So, when you hear me say I, I'm talking about K. When I got married, my parents said that I was now part of a new home permanently. No longer part of their home. I was to stay with Gary because he and I were now a family. At one point when I was disgruntled and discontent in my marriage, I wanted to just quit and yet I knew that I could not go back to my parents' home because that door was closed. My parents was wise enough to force me to leave and to help me understand what that meant intellectually and practically. There was no going back. Truly their attitude saved my marriage, forcing me to cut the ties that bound me to them. What ties do you need to cut that's keeping you bound to your parents and not cleaving to your husband? Question, let me see, let me do it this way. Question number six, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so, um, I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You'll have nine questions for today to do that throughout the week. And then, I, and then tomorrow, um, I'll go through and give you what you need for Saturday. And then you will be ready. So just remember, for homework, you got to read chapter, uh, read uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. So I've already gave you the first question was, why is Ruth willing to leave her home? Think of the difficulty of travel and communication at this time. Put yourself in her place. How committed is she to Naomi? Ruth clearly embodies the sense of clinging to someone and affection and loyalty that we saw in the definition of cleave. List the ways she says she will cling to Naomi. Um, again, Third question, what reasons are given here not to marry unbelievers or be bound with them in any union? That's when you're studying 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. The fourth question, um, what you needed to review, you need to review the words of Ruth in Ruth 1, 16 and 17. Married women, how well have you left your home and joined to your husband according to Ruth's example? Single women, um, same. Go by phrase by phrase through these verses and write down the write down, write down in the first person your response. As an example, I have given you the first phrase as an example. Single women. Where you go, I will go. That's the phrase that she said. I am or you are not willing to follow my husband wherever he goes to so whatever city or place, no matter how far from my family home. But with a good, but are you, are you gonna have a good attitude? So, the fifth question, to the married women, with these things in mind, 
Answer honestly. Do you see yourself as part of a whole in your marriage or do you consider yourself an independent agent? Write down some examples of situations where you do your own thing without considering how it affects your unity with your husband. Then answer the question. So the question is, after you, she said, what she's saying is, when you when you write down some examples of your situations where you do your own thing, she's at, she wants you to answer the question. Do you see yourself as part of a whole in your marriage, or do you consider yourself an independent agent? Write down some examples of situations concerning that. Single women, are you willing to put your husband and your marriage before yourself? In what ways do you expect that to be a challenge? Single women, are you willing to put your husband and your marriage before yourself? In what ways do you expect that to be a challenge? Again, married women, do you see yourself as part of a whole in your marriage? Or do you consider yourself an independent agent? So when you're answering those questions, you're going to write down the examples of the situations where you do your own thing without considering how it affects your unity with your husband or you're going to write down if you if you are being honest and you do see yourself a part of holiness marriage then write down some examples of, of how you do see yourself as you being a whole but, uh, question number six question number six name some specific ways in which a wife would have to leave her family in order to cleave to her husband and truly be one with him name some specific ways in which a wife would have to leave her family in order to cleave to her husband and truly be one with him. Question number seven, married women, have you left your family both physically and emotionally? In order to answer this question, think about how you react when your husband disagrees with your parents or when they criticize him. Is your loyalty to him or do you join their criticism? That's good. I have known women who take gifts and money from their parents knowing that their husbands would not approve. Have you been guilty of going behind your husband's back to your parents for anything? Do you depend upon them emotionally rather than your husband? Are you depending upon them for anything? If so, what do you need to do about it? Eighth question, again, married women, truly consider whether you put your family before your husband. What if they wanted to visit at a time that would be difficult for you as a family and your husband objected? Is there any situation where you have put their wants and or needs before his? Y'all, this is good. And question number nine, consider Proverbs 31, 11 and 12. How do you see the principle of oneness lived out in the model of the excellent wife? Married woman, married women, are these verses true of you? Why or why not? So as you read Proverbs 31, 11 and 12, you have to ask yourself, are these verses true of you? If they are, say why. If they're not, say why not? How do you see the principle of oneness lived out in the model of this excellent wife? So they want you to ask, they want you to answer that question in those verses. How do you see that principle? And then for you, 
do you do you find yourself true to that question so parenting with god's design i think we're going to start there yep tomorrow and saturday we were ended up okay so saturday we were ended up so we'll start the ending of lesson one saturday at 6 p.m amen amen so so for homework tonight you are to answer these questions you are to read second corinthians 6 14 through 18 you are to read um, continue reading Ruth 1, 1 through 18 if you haven't finished it. And you are to read Proverbs 31, 11, and 12. And I want to go back and I'm going to read these questions one more time. Question number one. Why is Ruth willing to leave her home? Think of the difficulty of travel and communication at this time. Put yourself in her place. How committed is she to Naomi? Question number two. Ruth clearly embodies the sense of clinging to someone in affection and loyalty that we saw in the definition of cleave. List the ways she says she will cling to Naomi. Question number three. Concerning 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18. What reasons are given here not to marry unbelievers or be bound with them in any union? Question number four. Review the words of Ruth and Ruth 1, 16 and 17. The married women is to answer this question. How well have you left your home and joined to your husband according to Ruth's example? Go phrase by phrase through these verses and write down in the first person your response. I have given you the first phrase as an example. Single women. Go phrase by phrase and express your willingness to respond to your future husband in this way. Will you go? I will go. I'm sorry. Where you go, I will go. I am or I am not willing to follow my husband wherever he goes, to whatever city or place, no matter how far from my family home, with a good attitude. So with a good attitude, you're going to um, ask yourself this question. You're going to express it. Are you willing to go with your future husband or are you not? Be honest. Verse 5. Married women, with these things in mind, answer honestly. Do you see yourself as part of a whole in your marriage or do you consider yourself an independent agent? Write down some examples of situations where you do your own thing without considering how it affects your unity with your husband. Then answer the question. Then answer the question. This is for single women. Are you willing to put your husband and your marriage before yourself? And what and then answer in what ways do you expect that to be a challenge? So if you if you are willing to put your husband and your marriage before you, then you have to ex express how that will be a, even though you may or you may not still express the ways that you expect it to be a challenge. First uh, number 6 Name some specific ways in which a wife would have to leave her family in order to cleave to her husband and truly be one with him. Question number seven. This is to married women. Have you left your family, both physically and emotionally? In order to answer this question, think about how you react when your husband disagrees with your parents or when they criticize him. Is your loyalty to him or do you join their criticism? I have no women. Okay, let me not read that. I'm just reading the questions. So, um... 
Have you been guilty of going behind your husband's back to your parents for anything? Do you depend upon them emotionally rather than your husband? Or are you depending upon them for anything? And if so, what do you need to do about it? Question number eight, again, married women. Truly consider whether you put your family before your husband. What if they wanted to visit at a time that would be difficult for you as a family and your husband objected? Is there any situation where you have put their wants or their needs before your husband? And question number nine, reading Proverbs 31, 11 and 12. Considering, how do you see the principle of oneness lived out in the model of the excellent wife? Married women, are these verses true of you? Why or why not? Now, I know some of you are like, honey, this is enough. And I didn't know I was getting involved in this. But listen, I'm here to help you to apply what needs to be applied. Amen. And so I pray that you do this. What do I mean that? I pray that you are working out your own salvation in order to have a healthy marriage. In order to be the wife that God created you to be. So that God can continue to give you the design for building your marriage. Amen. So I thank you all for listening. I thank you for tuning in. I know some of you was like, well, I would rather have heard her or seen her or interact, but you still can. Because what I'm talking for, I'm asking a question. If you're not ashamed, you're not embarrassed, write them in the comments. You know, because you're interacting and I can go back and see it. If you don't want to write them in the, combat, in the comments, then send me an inbox. If you have my, well, don't send me a text message because I might not have my cell phone on me, but send them into my inbox and I'll check my messenger throughout the day while I'm on vacation. But know that I love you and know that I'm praying for you. Know that I love you, but God loves you more. Amen. And his desire is for his design. His desire, his desire is for his design, his original design to be put back into place. Amen. So, I will see you all again on tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. God bless you. Have a great weekend. And I will be talking to you soon.